Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Safeguarding Ireland chairperson Patricia Rickard Clark is my next guest. As it's claimed that 67% of adults have not heard of the new assisted decision making legislation, and Safeguarding Ireland are encouraging the public to get informed. Good morning to you, Patricia. Good morning, Alan. I can tell you, we have actually talked about this, and it was only a few weeks ago I discussed it with John Murphy from John A. Sidden and Coastal Solicitors, and it was a red-hot talking point, so it's nice to get the opportunity to talk to you as well. Can you talk to me a little bit about what this is all about, please, just to remind us? So it's all about a person uh, whose decision-making capacity is at issue. So we may have dementia, we may have intellectual disability, we may have a particular health issue, so we're sick or whatever, unable to make decisions at a particular time. Uh, So up to April, this, this new legislation was commenced in April, up then we were working on Archaic 1871 Lunacy Regulations Ireland Act, whereby if a person lacked capacity, they were taken into the wardship of court and declared to be of unsound mind. So, um, in spite of our constitution recognising rights and all of that, uh, so this legislation is really much, very much about uh, the rights of an individual to make their own decisions insofar as they can. Uh, and very importantly, though, that uh, all of us must support a person to make decisions personally insofar as that is possible before deciding that a person lacks capacity to make their decisions. And I'm curious about this element of it, Patricia, because as you just stated there, it's, it's about rights and taking every possible step to assist people. But who makes the decision that the people no longer are in control of their own way of thinking? I mean, what's, what's changing? What's, what is uh, actually different about this legislation? Uh, well, what's different is that you're presuming that a person has capacity for before you, you know, if, for, for example, if I present in a post office, really to now, uh, and I Down syndrome, straight away, even though the law said there was a presumption of capacity, straight away a person assumed I lacked capacity to open my account or deal with my account. With dementia, if you're diagnosed with dementia, straight away it was assumed you lacked the capacity. So this legislation is to say, first of all, which has been part of the common law, uh, not written in legislation, uh, that we must presume that each person has the ability to make their own decisions about their own life. And uh, so that is setting that out in legislation. So therefore we must take every step before then we decide. So you ask who decides. So for example... I know I'm getting a bit forgetful or whatever. So this law sets out five different arrangements. I, I'm getting a bit forgetful or whatever, and I've been diagnosed with dementia. I can still make lots of my own decisions, but I may need help to get information or for my decision to communicate it. I may have had a stroke. I may be able to make my decision, but I'm able to communicate my decision. Uh, so I can appoint a decision-making assistant. I do that myself. Right. On the other hand, the next level up, I say for many people with intellectual disability, they can make their decisions, but they know they need support and help to make those decisions. So a person can appoint a co-decision maker, or my dementia is a bit more progressed, right. uh, so I need somebody to co-decision. I make that, I again make that decision, and there the Act provides there must be a statement that I understand that I'm entering into that arrangement with that person. Third level up then is where I lack capacity. So people have found I'm unable to make the decision and decisions need to be made. So who's going to make those decisions for me or, you know, on my behalf? Mm -hmm. So if I haven't planned in advance, and I'll come to those arrangements in a minute, 
if I happen to put in re- arrangements in advance, then it's an application to the circuit court. And the court decides uh, on evidence if I lack capacity, if I have capacity, or if I could manage the co-decision maker. So the court then decides if I lack capacity to appoint a decision-making representative, what's called a decision-making representative. Right. The other two arrangements, which we all can do now, should be doing now, is uh, making um, the enduring power of attorney, in other words, appointing somebody now that will make decisions in the future when we lack capacity about our finances, property, uh, personal decisions. On the other hand, making an advanced healthcare directive which will cover our healthcare consent to treat or consent to health decisions right. in the future when we lack capacity. And we're selecting those people now because we trust and suitable. Uh, so, and then all of those now are under the oversight of a new state agency called the Decision Support Service. Up to now, under wardship, the Lunacy Regulations Ireland Act, yes. um, there was no oversight. Lots of abuse of people who lacked capacity to make decisions. People just took over, made decisions on their behalf, not necessarily the decision the person wanted or whatever. So really yeah. important. Okay, look, I just want to go back to one of the things you said at the start. So prior to all of this, if someone was diagnosed as having dementia, were the decisions taken out of their hands immediately? Are, um, is that one of the major changes in what you've just outlined there in well, those five yeah, points? Yeah, well, not, well, if... if there was an application to the court and the court took them into wardship. In many cases, no action was taken. They were abused. People just managed their money, took their money or whatever, or made decisions on their behalf, which was an abusive situation, not respecting their rights. But in other words, people just took over. Uh, Or if they were taken into the wardship of the court, then somebody was appointed to make all decisions and they weren't uh, asked to participate at all, even if they could. Yeah, you, you've gone through those five new decision-making support arrangements in detail, but I, I'm sure there are people who are listening to us um, would love to be able to jot them down. Can people access them, please, yes, Patricia? So absolutely. So it's important to say that. So there's the decision support uh, website, and the decision support service have huge information on their website. They have guidance notes and all of these. 13 separate codes of practice. So if somebody is asking you to become a decision supporter, the decision support service has information on that. If, I, if I'm being asked to become an attorney under an enduring power of attorney, if I've been asked to become a co-decision maker, on the other hand, if I feel that I'm, look, I'm heading to the situation where I'm forgetful and I know, you know, I may be coming to the stage of age or whatever, again, I can get that information from the decision support service. Um, the, the, again, Again, under the legislation, the statutory obligation is to promote public awareness about yeah. all of this. Yeah, and this and is very important, will, Patricia, isn't it? I mean, um, the fact uh, that 60, yeah, 67% yeah. of adults have not heard of the new assisted decision-making legislation, and those that have are in the older age group. So this is of paramount importance. I mean, you're, you're talking to us today, I've pointed them people towards where they can get up more information, but it must be worrying that, that so few people know about this. It's worrying, but also um, Safeguarding Ireland did a survey about a year or more ago. Only 6% had had made an enduring power of attorney and only 4% an advanced healthcare directive. So all of us now where we have capacity, don't wait and it's too late. It's too late when you're diagnosed with dementia to start thinking about these things. We need to plan now. We can review them as we go along. Um, and people talk about wills. These are far more important than making your will. This is to provide when you are alive, what you wish, how you wish to be treated, 
how you wish your affairs to be organised and managed. Really, really important and really important that you select suitable people to act as your attorney or okay. your if you're appointing somebody under your, under your advanced health care director. Uh, so are, really, really important. Are, are there financial supports? If a text in from a listener says it's going to cost money to go to the circuit court, which I think is a headache as if the person never had a capacity, you still have to go to the courts. Is there financial uh, support? Well, sorry, you only need to go to the court if you haven't planned in advance. Really? You know, for the very, so that's really important point as well. It's it's to the circuit court, and again, under the new legislation, there will be legal aid uh, for applications yeah. uh, in relation to this appointment. So, okay. again, moving away from people didn't do EPAs because too expensive to go to a solicitor, there will be legal aid now to assist people make, to enter into these arrangements. Thank you, Patricia. You've explained it in great detail for us this morning. We will continue to, uh, we'll podcast this piece as well so that people can access it and you've given them all the directions as to where to go. And thank you for taking our call this morning. Good morning to you now. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix.